You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. If we confess our sins, is the title of this devotion. Here in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says, If we confess our sins, the title of this devotion, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I think the word if is very important. In other words, there is a responsibility that God looks for, for us to become accountable before Him. You see, the Bible in many places shows that God will hold us all to an account. In 2 Corinthians 5, it says, we will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account for the life we've lived in this body. We have to give an account. That can be quite a frightening thought when you think you have to give an account especially if you're standing in your own feelings and thoughts and strengths and you realize, I haven't always lived like I should have, I could have, I wish I would have. And anyone can feel that way. Even the best Christian can have moments that you feel weak in your human nature and know that in your flesh you fall short of God's glory. But in Christ you have been made accepted. In Christ you are holy. And without blaming the Father's love, in Christ you are His child. You see, it's in Christ that we can boast before the Father worthy. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world. But you see, it takes a certain kind of heart attitude, friends, for us to take account. It takes a certain wake-up call. Like I said yesterday in in, in Luke chapter 15, verse 17, that the prodigal son came to himself. And he said, I have sinned. I've done what's wrong in in God's sight, in my father's eyes. And he stopped making excuses for himself. Friends, the worst kind of attitude to have is to excuse yourself by accusing someone else. No, friends, we all have to give an account and we've got to wake up while we still can and realize if I confess my sins, I have a part to play in this. I have to decide. I've got to get right in God's sight. I know I've got to get right. I can't keep this going. And it can be so silly. You know, we we live near a train station. And between 9 and 11 in the morning, you, you can't park there unless you have a permit. So I have a permit for our car if we park it in front of our own house. That if And they check it all the time. And if you are parked there without the permit, you get a ticket of 30 pounds. So you don't want to do that too many times. Well, our daughter-in-law came and dropped off the grandchildren and she was in the house for five minutes and the man gave her a ticket. And it offended me. I mean, ooh, did it offend me. I mean, it offended me. Really upset me. And that offense was living in me. And I got a ticket going to a sports hall to pick up my grandson and I come back to my car and it was parked just a little wrong and I got a ticket. 
Oh, and it stirred up that offense in me. Stirred it up, it was living and it got stronger. And I got another ticket. And I got another ticket, parking ticket. And my wife had to buy four of these tickets. And that's four times 30 pounds. She looked at me. She says, honey, when are you gonna deal with this? Really sweet, not harsh, but that sweetness. See, it's the kindness and goodness that leads us to repentance. It was a bit of a wake-up call. When are you gonna deal with this? I know you can feel angry. I know you feel offended. I know you feel they abuse their authority. I know you think they just do it to make more money. And you see, and you can go down that primrose path of justifying the condition of your heart when it's dark, when it's offended, when it's angry. And she says, honey, when are you gonna deal with this? I said, I know, I know. And I went on my knees before the Father and I said, Father, forgive me that I've allowed this offense in my heart. I repent of it, Lord. See, if we confess our sins, I didn't have another ticket. It's interesting how judgment finds us when our hearts are not right with God. It's interesting how repeated upsets keep finding us when our hearts are not right with God. Let me take you for a moment to Hebrews chapter 3, please. Hebrews chapter 3. Read with me. I'd love to read all 19 verses of that chapter, but there's not enough time. But let me just get to the point here by starting at verse 1. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, Consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him who appointed him, even as Moses. We are his house, Christ's house, verse 6, whose house we are if we hold fast. If we stay faithful, Jesus implants into your and my heart that which is faithful and true in God's sight. It's that spirit that was tried in the fiery trial of all his sufferings, especially his cross and his death, and who was shown to be the true spirit of faith that is now given to us, Jesus, Hebrews 12, who's the author of faith and perfecter of And that faith of the Son of God is giving, like Paul says in Galatians 2, the life I live in this flesh is not my own. It's the it's life of the Son of God. And I live this life of the Son of God in this flesh by the faith of the Son of God. And Christ keeps our hearts tender with this sweet spirit of faithfulness and faith in the Father. But then he says in verse 7, Therefore, having this spirit of faithfulness of Christ in us, as the Holy Spirit says, quoting from Psalm 91, I think it is, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts 
as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness where your fathers tested me, tried me, saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said they always go astray in their hearts and they've not known my ways. So I swore my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Beware then, brethren, lest there be in you in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. And we, for we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. And he warns us here the hardening of the heart that unbelief, that spirit that cannot connect with God, that cannot connect with his love. You remember, you remember in Mark chapter 6, the disciples were rowing at night. They had just come out of three days of revival with Jesus, where he then on the third day took the five loaves and three fishes and broke them and fed 5,000 men and all the women and children that were there. And they all ate their fill and had 12 baskets left over. Now the disciples were on their way across the lake and Jesus was on the mountain praying. And at three in the morning, he came walking to them on the water. And remember that whole experience? And Peter says, if you are the Christ, uh, tell me to come. And Jesus said, come. And he walked on water and all of that that happened. Then when they got in the boat, the wind that had been so contrary to them suddenly ceased, right? Let, let, let me, uh, Mark chapter 6, I, I believe, is what I'm talking to you about, right? And, and then Jesus got into the boat with them, yes? Uh, and it says in verse 51... Then he went up into the boat to them, and the wind ceased, and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled, for they had not understood about the loaves because their heart was hardened. They were there seeing the miracle of the multiplication of the bread and fish and the multitude being satisfied and having 12 baskets left over, of which I'm sure some of the baskets were right there in the boat. And yet they could not in their heart connect with God when all was contrary to them. Why could they not connect with God? Because their hearts were hardened, the Bible says. And the Lord, he says to you and me, how important it is that we never allow our hearts to grow hard. That's why if, if we confess our sins, we need to stay in that tenderness of heart that we never allow sin to be disregarded or acted like it is just nothing. No, we need to have the most sensitivity that the slightest thing that we say, oh, Father, no, Lord, no, Lord, no, 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 Father. I don't want these thoughts. I don't want these feelings. I don't want these ways. No, my Father. No, my Father, I repent of this. No, my Father, I want your heart, your mind. And we keep into this tenderness of heart. Jesus says in Mark chapter 8, while we're at it, in verse 15, and he charged them, saying, now, take heed, be on the watch. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. 
And they reasoned among themselves, saying, Is it because we have no bread? And Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Why? Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? Do you not yet remember? When I broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said, twelve. Also, when I broke the seven for the four thousand, how many large baskets full of fragments did you take up then? And they said, seven. He said, how is it that you do not understand? Why do you go into this negative spirit of failure when you've seen my supply so abundantly? No, when I say the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod, I'm talking about their mindsets. Don't carry their mindset. Don't even talk about it. Don't be busy with it. Beware of it. Keep it at the... You see, sin comes with a mindset to you. And you should pick it up, Jesus says. You should be aware of it and go... "Mm." And you don't even think it. You don't even talk it. You take no. You don't take it to heart. You don't take it to mind. You're aware of it. And you keep it outside of your heart and mind. You don't repeat it. You don't go home and say, oh, can you believe it? No, never. Never do you repeat it. You give no power to it. But folks, if you don't understand this, then your heart will be hardened. And you will have this where you can't perceive things. You, you, you can't recognize it. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 13, a hard heart is a heart that can't perceive. It can't see it. It can't hear it. It can't understand it. He says in verse 14, Now in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand. Seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For surely I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and didn't see it and to hear what you hear and didn't hear it. Therefore, hear, hear, listen to, listen to what the Spirit is saying through me. Friends, I pray that we can answer that if we confess our sins with a perceptiveness of heart, a perceptiveness of sight that we could show that we have taken account of our own heart and mind before the Lord and it shows that we have by ability to be able to see and hear and to perceive what the Holy Spirit is showing us. The Lord says in Mark chapter 16 I mean believe it or not this is after his resurrection where he had to rebuke his own disciples because their hearts were still, every time growing hard. It says here in in, in verse 14, Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief (coughs) and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Come on now, folks. 
You don't want to be somebody that this becomes hard, that nobody can snap you out of it. Nobody can say, hey, hey, come on. We're of one heart. You, you can't react this way as if, if we're not of one heart and mind. Come on, wake up. But they had not a connection with those who were saying, we saw him. They didn't connect with it. They didn't connect with it. They didn't. No, their hearts were hard and they didn't believe. And the Lord had rebuked them. And I'm grateful that the Lord would rebuke. I would say, please rebuke me. I'd rather have the bruises of a friend than the kisses of an enemy. No, rebuke me, Lord. Wake me. Do whatever it takes so that I may not fall short of all that you predestined me to. My two last verses, the, the, the first one of the two is here in Mark chapter 3, verse 5, where the Lord says, And when he had looked around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts. And what is the Lord talking about? There was a man there with a withered hand. <clears throat> and Jesus saw him and had such compassion on him. And when he went to that man to go heal him, everybody wasn't happy. They didn't want that man healed. Well, maybe that man had a bad reputation, I don't know. But they weren't happy to see the goodness of God. Why not? Their hearts were hard with judgment. Their hearts were hard with irritation. Their hearts were hard with offense. Their hearts were hard with unbelief. And it angered the Lord to see that kind of hardness to not want to let that man be healed. Come on, hardness has several depths to it, folks. And I don't want to ever get to a place where my heart is so hard that I wouldn't be happy for the Lord to heal even the person who wounded me the most or hurt me the most. No, it would be my joy to see the Lord's love for them and see them healed. So I close with Isaiah 63, verse 17. Oh Lord, why have you made us stray from your ways and hardened our hearts from your fear? Return for your servants' sakes. You know, without the Lord's help, me, you, they all can get hard. And it can come so quick. It can come so quick, folks. I don't know about you. I need Jesus to guard me constantly in that sweet brokenness. And I, I don't want the Lord to have to every time endure me going through great trials. So then again, I come to my senses. And again, I, I say, oh, Lord, I, I, I've allowed my heart to grow hard. Oh, Lord, help me. Oh, Lord, be merciful. And then he softens my heart. But folks, you don't need a trial. You don't need a trial to, 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 to wake up and realize I need Jesus to soften my heart and so I can feel the embrace of his love and have the goodness of his mercy guarding my heart. No, folks, that is right there where you are at the heights of the mountains in the deepest valleys and wherever you are in this life where his loving grace is always better to us than life itself. Therefore, my lips will praise him. I will lift up my hands in his name. Psalm 63, amen. Have a good day.